Federal Reserve is excellent at something called demand destruction. And that is when they stifle inflation. Well, how do they stifle inflation? By raising the Fed funds rate. And this is where everyone goes, what? You are listening to the Urban Connect podcast. My name is Jennifer Oshambo, and I am the broker owner of Urban Provision Realtors. The mission of this podcast is to bring clarity and ease to the often complicated and uncharted waters of buying and selling real estate. If you are a buyer, seller, or a homeowner and want to enhance your awareness of market and transactional realities, you are in the right place. Today, I've brought on Denise Hosack. Denise is a mortgage loan officer. She has been leading the industry in Central Texas for over 15 years. In 2001, she received her Certified Mortgage Advisor designation, the CMA, which is considered a standard of excellence in the mortgage industry. As a CMA, she has extensively trained in all aspects of mortgage-backed securities, treasuries, and bonds. She helps her clients understand how to use mortgage debt to build sustainable, lifelong wealth. Denise believes that transparency and education are paramount in providing her clients with a superior experience every time. She also partners closely with realtors to help their clients win bids in competitive Texas housing market. Throughout this episode, I want our listeners to help understand more about the interest rates, where they derive from, how do they ebb and flow, the myths versus truths. So Denise, it's great to see you. Welcome to Urban Connect. Thanks. It's great to be here. I'm excited to be here with you today. Um, for, for, for many of you, um, Denise has been a loan officer that I have worked with probably almost going on a decade. My background before real estate was mortgage. And, you know, I, ch- I feel like I choose wisely when that um, when I refer and, and go to a source. So, you know, Denise, where I hope you're excited about taking the journey through education of interest rates because it's a topic that comes up often, whether it's at a cocktail party or a client or you have it daily with your clients. So where do mortgage rates come from? Like, help me start with that. I feel that that's where we need to get started. Okay. That's a great question. And, and to answer that question, we should probably start with where do mortgage loans go? Uh, after you buy a home or refinance, that lender typically does not keep your mortgage loan. Most mortgage loans are sold to Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, or Ginnie Mae, and then they're bundled into mortgage-backed securities and traded as bonds on the secondary market. Now, how those bonds are trading is what directly impacts mortgage rates. If mortgage bonds are trading well, mortgage interest rates will come down. Now, I know that may seem confusing, when you see your mortgage statement, because you don't see the name Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac on your mortgage statement, um, you'll see a different name, and that is the loan servicer. So uh, it's kind of like a property manager um, who collects the rents and then forwards those on to the the owner of the property. Um, they do that for a fee. But you know the mortgage loans are sold on the market and um, and traded. Um, and then the question is, okay, so we know what where the mortgage loans go, how they create the rates, but the big question is why are mortgage rates so high mm-hmm. right now? Yeah, because I mean, what we're, the interest rates we're seeing now, we 
haven't seen historically for 20 plus years. So let's talk about why they're high now. Okay. So one word, inflation. And, And the reason why you haven't seen rates this high in actually... I mean, 1981, 39 years ago, is when we had inflation that was this high. So uh, inflation is the arch enemy of mortgage bonds. And as we said, you know, mortgage rates come from mortgage bonds. So why is inflation so bad for bonds? And the answer is a bond is a long-term investment with a low fixed rate of return. Uh, It's considered relatively safe. Uh, but the, the, the interest rate that a, a bond pays is called the stated or the nominal interest rate. Investors only get that rate if inflation's at zero. And inflation, since 2009, has pretty much between, been between zero and 3% most of the time, right? So it was a good place to invest. Well, the most recent report on inflation, the Consumer Price Index report, showed a current inflation rate of 7.1%. So obviously, you know, if you're getting paid maybe three to five percent on that that bond and rate of inflation is seven point one, you know, that's not a good investment. So what it, what happens with private investors as well as institutional investors, they pull the money out of the bond market. And just like when you pull your money out of the stock market, the stocks crash. Well, same thing happened in mortgage bonds. Um, so there's been actually something else that's been happening since uh, March of two thousand nine. Uh, that's when the government started quantitative easing. That's when the Fed comes in and buys mortgage bonds in the trillions to force those, they're pouring money into that mortgage bond market to keep those mortgage rates down to stimulate the economy. Well, they've been doing that for a really long time. No, they've been doing it, it seems like, since the the mortgage crisis. Yeah, which is, yeah, that's why they started in 2009. I think there have been times when they kind of pulled out a little bit. The problem is they've been doing it nonstop for quite a while. So you're talking about trillions being poured into this. While now, you know, the other cause of inflation, I mean, there's government, lots of government spending. And then in addition to that, we had, uh, you know, COVID, uh, supply chain issues, all these things added to inflation. So then what the Fed said is, ooh, well, we better stop. We better pull our money out now because inflation right. was up. like there's too many things happening. It was like you said, the mortgage crisis, then, you know, let's keep them down for a while. And then, COVID, which we didn't expect. And we've got all this inflation now. We've got really high inflation and they're throwing what, what, what is, you know, inflation is, is too many dollars, you know, chasing too few goods, but it's also, it's exacerbated by government spending, right? So what do we have to do? We have to pull back. So the government says, okay, we're going to stop this quantitative easing. Well, what happens when you pull your money out of the bond market? The bonds crash, right? So mortgage rates go up. So you have inflation happening already. And then you have the Fed pulling their money out of the bond market, right? And then boom, you had rates skyrocketing to, uh, I, I think it was peaked in probably October into the high, the high sevens. We almost hit eight, which yeah. we haven't seen that since 1981. The last time we had inflation this high. Right. And, that, and that's crazy for a lot of buyers because most buyers have not bought a home. I mean, most of your buyers didn't buy homes in 1981. Yeah. I mean, a, a large number dead, but those people are scaling out of downsizing and moving on. And, you know, their kids are now buying, other grandkids are now buying. So um, the people, the buyers today 
have not seen that upward cycle. Um, and before we get too deep, um, what we saw during, I'm going to say from our 2000s up until, you know, COVID and even into COVID, interest rates were historically low. That was not a norm interest rate to keep it that low for that long. Yeah, you're right. That's a great point, Jennifer. The I think the average, in, if you look at the history of mortgage rates, average rate was about six and a quarter. So, but through quantitative easing, the government had them suppressed for so long at that lower, you know, that much, much lower right. rate. So that's why we, our buyers are thinking that six and a quarter is high when it's actually normal. Yeah. And that's what balances and keeps us afloat is having, you know, a healthy yeah. interest rate. Now, that doesn't mean the government's going to not come back and they probably will start quantitative mm-hmm. easing again, but they need to get a handle on inflation. Right. So, uh, so how do you do that? Right. So, uh, they waited a little bit too long. <laughs> this part of the problem. Do you remember when we kept hearing the word transitory? Transitory. Well, uh, Jerome Powell recently came out and said, "Yeah, we were wrong." So uh, they they waited a little bit too long. They know inflation get out of control, but now they're getting it back under control. Well, how? What do they do? Uh, the the Federal Reserve um, is excellent at something called demand destruction, and that is when they stifle inflation. Well, how do they stifle inflation? By raising the Fed funds rate. And this is where everyone goes, wait, right? what? Right. And then people think, oh, well, mortgage rates are going down and they're not. Yeah. Wait, wait, how are you saying that the, the Fed's raising rates, but that, you know, inflation and mortgage rates are high and that's going to make them higher. And the answer is no. No. Because what the federal funds rate controls is short-term variable interest rates. So, credit cards, lines, consumer lines of credit, business lines of credit, HELOCs. home equity lines of credit, mm-hmm. yeah, HELOCs, right? So these are all the products that consumer use for short-term spending, right? Uh, you know, you'll get a HELOC because you want to renovate your home or whatever. So um, in order to stop those dollars from flowing into the economy, they make it less attractive to, to, to use short-term interest rates, right? So they raise those rates. Well, it takes a few cycles to actually see the result of that, right? So we started having the the Fed hikes. I think um, so was it since October, September? We had three, and then suddenly we start seeing mortgage rates come down. We went from the high sevens to the low sixes, right? Which is a decent, you know, reduction. Yeah, and we will see uh, we will see that continue. As the effects of those 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 hikes taken uh, are realized over time, and and eventually, you know, mortgage rates are coming down. There, it, it's taking pressure off bonds. So we're continuing on that trend. It's it's a slow trend, but it's it's very steady. We can we can see it happening every day. I feel like there's a lot about interest rates that people. There's a lot of perceptions, lots of myths, lots of misunderstandings. We now know kind of what makes them derive, what makes them change, you know, why they're high now. But let's talk about, do you have to have perfect credit to get a loan? Do you have to, like, I mean, there was some news recently about some shifts in, you know, the in mortgage industry. If you have a higher credit score, there would be less of a cost here or... Um, can we dive a little bit into that? Because I feel like 
you know, the the big myth is the federal fund rate is really not controlling interest mortgage interest rates, but there's a lot of other myths out there. Um, so yes, credit definitely plays into the mortgage rate. Um, you know, a lot of mortgage lending is about risk, right? The Mm -hmm. lower the risk, the better the term, right? So, um, so having a higher credit score will, to a certain point, get you a lower interest rate. And then also, if you're using a, uh, if you have mortgage insurance, so let's say conventional loan with less than 20% down, your mortgage insurance rate will be a little bit lower with a, with a better credit score. So that definitely plays into it. Um, in general, though, no matter what your credit score is, it's your credit, your the interest rate is is going to be. I mean, you're going to get interest rate that. Um, is you know what is the market rate um and i did want to mention that um you know as we said the rates are coming down we should talk about the forecast actually so the forecast for rates this year and i think may 10th if you want to write that number down i mean that that date down i think may 10th is going to be the cpi report that comes out on may 10th i think is going to have the biggest impact on the bond market where we'll actually see rates to to come down more significantly do you think that we'll have a greater shift down or is it still just going to be a I think gradual- we'll see a greater shift down. Yeah. Uh, now, the, the current forecast, I mean, this is the part where you're like, okay, th- that crystal ball is never that clear, right? It's a little cloudy. Right. We have we have an idea. Forecast is for at least the fives. I mean, some people will leave high fours. But um, the thing we want to caution buyers on, though, is it, it's not a good strategy to wait for that interest rate to come down if you're thinking of buying. Because as we were talking before about supply and demand, well, we have another issue and that's the housing supply. We are still technically in a great housing shortage and we will be for time to come. So once we have more buyers coming out going, hey, the interest rates are lower. This is great. I want to buy now. Well, everyone's thinking the same thing and you're going to have competition. Well, let's talk about, because you mentioned a great point earlier, you know, before we even had this discussion about how an analyst looks at some data and they say, oh, there's so many months of inventory on the ground. And, but it's kind of a flawed number. Oh, it is. Yeah. So a lot of the reports that come out are, the numbers are accurate to a certain extent, but they're not interpreted correctly. So um, I read something this morning that said it was a housing uh, report that said we're at nine months of inventory, housing inventory. Well, if you subtracted out all the houses that are currently under contract, right? Because I can't buy that contract if if right. you're you're buying that house, I can't buy that house if it's already under contract. And same thing with houses that are in the middle of being built, right? There's a lot of people that have contracts on piles of dirt where the house isn't even built yet, so they're counting that into. Uh, into that data, which so is if you take inaccurate. that number out, if we take that out, I think we're at about 1.3 months of inventory, which is a shortage of inventory, which is still considered a seller's market, correct? So, you know, when we see rates come down, I think we're going to see a lot more competition again, like we did before. Hopefully, we won't see the level of competition yeah. that we had when well, everyone came out of COVID and, and went crazy, <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's it's going to be more competition, and you know, and everyone who's buying. You know, I think everyone who who bought in the last quarter of last year, or even the last half of last year, by the end of this year, at the end of 2023, they're going to be refinancing. Mm-hmm. It makes more sense to do that than to spend more money on the house that you want when the rates are lower. Right. Buy the so house we don't now, know what's going to happen. Later. Yeah. We don't know what's ha- we. D- 
I mean, gosh, I hope it doesn't happen, but I hope we don't get back into our shortage of a market where 50 people are trying to buy one house. I mean, it's it's saying from um, buyer, seller, homeowner, and, and I mean, it's insane for everybody. Everybody works super hard. Everybody's stressed out to the max. It's great for someone to walk away with more money, but they're still stressed to the max. So um, let's talk about how a buyer now, like if they wanted to dip their feet in the water now and be writing contracts, the rates are still high. How would one potentially get maybe a lower interest rate now that they could um, maybe move forward now and then worry about the rates going down later and refinancing? So in an environment where you have rising interest rates, we would usually recommend someone buying down the rate, which means discount points. What's a discount point? One discount point is 1% of a loan, right? So you have a $400,000 loan. If you pay $4,000, you can get a slightly, or however it works out, you know, slightly uh, lower interest rate. And we're talking like, you know, by a hair, but it doesn't make sense. That strategy doesn't make sense in a environment where rates are coming down because the money that you spend, you're not going to recoup if you're going to refinance you know, six months from now, six, 10 months. So what we recommend is, I mean, ultimately people are focused on the numbers. What, what the pain point is not the rate. The pain point is the payment. So how do we get past that pain point? Well, there are some creative ways. So what we can do is take some seller credit and we, it's called a temporary rate buy down where you're not really buying down the rate, but you're you're subsidizing that payment to one, two, or three points, what the payment would be if your rate was one, two, or three points lower. So if today's rate is, let's say, six and a half, and you did a two-one buy-down, that would get you two points of payment that's based on a rate of two points lower the first year. So you would go from six and a half to four, four and a half. And then the second year, it would go to five and a half. And basically all you're doing is just taking the seller credit and you're just subsidizing that payment each month. I tell people, you don't even have to ask your lender to do that. You can do it yourself. Um, and Jennifer, from what I see you doing, I know that you're able ne- to negotiate a lot more now in seller, seller paid closing You are. Costs. I mean, right, right now, inventory's on the ground. Sellers are, you know, you know, we just talked about like the, we're still a really in seller's market, but we're not because there's a lot of inventory on the ground. There's lots of press that there's inventory. And this is the slowest time of the year every year. It is. It's the slower time of the year. There's a lot of houses on the market that have been on the market for months because they came out of the gate at that really high price or they thought they didn't have to do any marketing or any staging or any repairs. All the stuff that, that you have to, to be, do. It yeah. doesn't matter when you sell, you have to do those things. So when those homes are coming on the market, now there's a sitting because the buyers now, I hate to say it, but smarter than they were two years ago, because now they know they can sit back and wait and watch the price drop, or they can sit back and wait and wait for the next house to come to the market. They don't have to pounce and give away their firstborn child to buy yeah. the house like they did two years ago. Um, so they can wait and then now the sellers are like, hey, what happened? We were supposed to sell in 30 days well, or two days or an hour, and that never happened. And so because of that, now sellers are, it's easier for a seller to give away a credit to sell their house 
then do all those other things that, yeah, to, to dot those I's, cross those T's to, you know, get to the right price to get to this because, you know, they're probably really close to the price they need to be at. They're just, they, they came on at a really bad time. Yeah. A market. Yeah. And, and we know, I mean, people don't want, it, it's, it's a little, it, it's tough to move when kids are in school. No one wants to pull their kids out of the middle right. of the school year. Um, so that's why, you know, there's always a boom in, in the spring. Um, so yeah, so things are going to, you know, we came out of the craziest market ever and then went right into the slow time of the year. And, uh, and now as we're getting into a normal market, you know, and we're getting the busier time of year, I think we're going to see, are gonna drop. yeah, interest rates dropping. We're going to kind of see what we've known to be, you know, pretty normal. I mean, mm-hmm. we've always had a, uh, well, I should say since, I mean, for the past, uh, long time, I mean, 15 years, you've probably been, we haven't had enough inventory, but you know, so it still has been a little bit of a, a seller's market, but not to that extent that we saw. Yeah, recently. I know we had a seller's market in 11 to 16, cooled off a little bit and had another one when the pandemic hit, but, um, before it was kind of more balanced. Yeah, I was using to, the wrong term. I should have said lower inventory, not necessarily sellers, sellers market. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we're still we're still in low inventory. And you know, to address that, why is you know people remember how could you forget two thousand eight, right? The mortgage crisis and the housing crisis. Well, a lot has changed since then. And what what builders were doing is they were overbuilding, and um, and. Everyone got hurt so bad for so many different reasons. We don't have to go into that because that's like an entire another hour conversation. But um, but builders pulled back, so they 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 stopped building to the extent that they were. They slowed down, but the problem is they never got caught up. And now we're mm-hmm. way behind, and we've had another baby boom. And now all these millennials want to buy, and there are not enough houses. And you can't just pick up one day and go, okay, we're just gonna. Build, you know, a couple of thousand houses today. It, it takes time. Development so takes yeah. time. So, so just not having that slight inventory shortage is always going to make it a little bit competitive. So, when you have a time like now, it's just this. I mean, we're in late January 2023, right? It's still my phone is ringing with all the people who want to buy this year. We haven't even hit spring yet, and we're seeing we're mm-hmm. seeing activity. So I think once those rates come down, it's going to get even more. So that should say, if you're a buyer, yeah. get started now. Don't wait until the spring or summer because you're probably going to be competing. You're going to be competing and it, it's just better to buy at today's rate and refinance in six months, 10 mm-hmm. months, whatever it is. Um, but you can get a lot more. I mean, being able to get all that cash from the seller without, instead of giving the seller more cash, you know, if you, if you take the, we we saw people offering it was like on a regular basis fifty thousand over. I mean I had ones where it was over a hundred thousand over, but I'd say on average we were seeing what do you think? Like for our our market Yeah, in Austin, so the Austin market maybe fifty thousand over. It's fifty to a hundred depending 100. on the price point. So instead of paying fifty thousand over, you're getting maybe maybe you're getting ten thousand in seller paid closing costs and we can divide that by 12 and subsidize your payment. I mean, that's a lot of money to, right. to bring down, you know, even if you just took 5,000 of that. Well, that's something we haven't talked about is when the rates start shooting up, your buying buying power diminishes, right? Yeah. So 
There's a lot of people who were buyers. I'm going to say, let's see, in the late, early part of 2022, late part of 2021, that instantly became not buyers anymore. They went back to being renters or they held tight because their interest rate rose so substantially higher than they were ever used to. They were banking on an interest rate. And with that new interest rate, they couldn't even buy anything that their their price point that had to go so much lower, they couldn't buy anything because their their houses weren't built to that cost. Yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is with this buy down option, it's it's great because it can get someone yes, you, I guess you still have to qualify. They do have to qualify at for the, the higher interest higher rate, rate, right? Higher yeah. payment. But if it's a tolerance level, not a, a affordability Right. Because if you can financially afford it, because, you know, there's a lot of people out there who will, who can qualify on a higher interest rate, but they want to buy less because they just don't want to pay all their paycheck to a mortgage, which I get. Right. But if you can do that now and get in, you're not going to have to go through that same roller coaster. Yeah. That we had before and that we'll likely see again. I hope not. I hope. I hope it's a a blip. Yeah. Yeah. I hope it's a blip. Okay. Denise, is there anything about interest rates that you believe that, you know, on a higher level? Because I think that, you know, there are other conversations that we will have at a later time, but what um, are there other interest rate myths or things about interest rates that you're constantly saying or you're constantly educating someone on? Um, I wouldn't say constantly, but I, I guess a point of confusion for many is that they think of, they think they have to shop for an interest rate like they're shopping for a TV. You know, they're going to compare Best Buy and you know other stores, but um, it's not exactly like that. So as we learned, mortgage rates come from the mortgage bond market. Now there may be, you know, some lenders that are kind of priced a little different, but if you're talking about your standard loans that are under, you know, what we would call under a jumbo. These are all the loans, you know, under 726,000 that are being sold to Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, Ginnie Mae. These are all the ones that are at the best interest rates, you know. Um, you're not, There's not that much variance. If one lender has a higher rate one day, everyone's rates are going to be higher. And very often when you dig deep and you you get that estimate from the lender, you'll see that the that the lender that's showing the lowest interest rate is also the one that's charging the highest costs because it, it's got to come from somewhere, right? So it's like, oh, well, your origination fee is Double. 1%. So that means, well, my loan's 500000 so you just charge me $5,000, but your rate is a little bit lower, but now I'm paying 5000 you know? So it's, but what I do is if, you know, sometimes if people want to look at that, I'll go, okay, let's, let's break it down. You know, let's look at your, go get the loan estimate, you know, or, if you got a loan estimate, let's go over it. Here's the part that comes from the lender. These are the fees. Everything else on there is third-party fees. If you're looking at lender fees, you want to look at uh, discount points and origination. Sometimes they'll say underwriting fee, processing fee, whatever it is, typically on the loan, on the estimate that you're getting, it's going to be in the upper left-hand corner is where you're going to see the lender fees. Everything else is third-party. So be careful when you're seeing a lower rate being dangled out there very often it comes at a higher price and as we know 
in a in an environment where we're expecting rates to drop, you don't want to pay a lot for that lower rate now because you're not going to recoup that cost. It's better to take the what the whatever the current rate is, right, and then save those dollars mm-hmm. and for when you refinance, especially when rates are going to be trickling down. Yeah, exactly. Okay, Denise, um, where can people find you? Like, if they wanted to reach out to you and talk to you about taking the path of buying or where interest rates are today or like what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Um, they can call me. Uh, my number is, I work for Annie Mac home mortgage. Uh, my phone number is 512-577-5665. My email address is uh, D Hosek, H-O-S-E-K at Annie-Mac Well, Denise, thanks for being my guest today. I enjoyed our conversation of interest rates. As you know, it's a fascination, fascinating topic for me. I, you know, it was my career for a decade before hopping into the very delicate waters and crazy waters of real estate. Um, And so I enjoyed chatting about um, interest rates. And I always enjoyed chatting. I always learn so much about real estate talking with you and I love that you have that background in underwriting because you understand a lot you know much more than than most people do who are outside of that industry oh I thought one other way people can look me up online is uh Denise does mortgages (laughs) oh yay yeah that's amazing you have to I'll almost get add that to my uh contact database so I can give that out for you so thank you for everyone at home for listening in. I wanted to give you a little sneak peek at our next episode, which will be talking about property taxes. Um, it's a big thorn in every side when you're buying a property. Uh, it's a, a must uh, pay on a mortgage statement or as an annual basis. And there's a lot of different uh, nuggets and tidbits that homeowners, buyers, and sellers need to be aware of. Um, if you find the show was helpful, please hit that follow button or subscribe button. It does wonders for the show so more people can find the Urban Connect podcast organically. If you have questions about anything we've talked about, please drop me a line in the podcast email address, which is jennifer at urbanconnectpodcast.com. I read every mail I get, whether if it's an episode idea, guest recommendation, or just a simple note of how the show has impacted you. I'd love to hear from you. I'm Jennifer Oshambu, and I'll see you on the next episode.